0: everyone, welcome to another episode of What's What VR. We have returning guests with us, Adam Knapp from the Baton Rouge Chamber. Adam, how are you, man? Good. Good to see you, Brandon. Awesome. Kind of getting to be a regular over the years over here. So wanted to check in with you. We got a new year. You know, it's. uh I think over here, one, if one more person gives me the, you know, 23 and me pitch, you know, I'm going to have to just, you know, die. That's so, right. <laughs> tell yeah. me you've got something outside of 23 and me, you know. <laughs> going on over there you know at uh, your neck of the woods in Brack. we're uh i, I don't even uh, don't
1: even reference that joke it's good that's not even in the repertoire i'm not going to add it uh that's good um no we're doing great we actually uh we did uh an economic outlook and review last december um and i don't know if you, you you've seen this information and folks who are interested can find it at uh uh, BRAC.org backslash research. Anytime we do a research report, we try to put it up there. Um, but it, it looks at the economic data of the year ahead. So you kind of see what to expect this year. And and this is the thing that is most shocks me kind of coming into the new year is, um, and it, and it explains a lot, is this right now is the lowest ever unemployment rate in the history of Baton Rouge. Uh, we are at 2.6% wow. unemployment in Baton Rouge, which is Um, effectively full employment, uh, in one way of thinking about it, uh, that way is, uh, well, who has left the workforce since COVID so that if you're no longer looking for a job, you don't count as um, uh, in the unemployment numbers, right? But right now at 2.6% unemployment, that's an incredibly low unemployment rate. The other fascinating thing about that is the number of people who are unemployed today in Baton Rouge and, and classified as actually looking for work is the lowest it has been since 1999. Um, when I think Britney Spears was originally popular, uh, you know, if you want to think, <laughs> think of it, the context of Britney Spears, the arc of Britney Spears' career, you know, we're, well, we're, at, were, all, we're that in Y2K,
0: we're all freaking out. <laughs> that's right.
1: Happen at midnight. <laughs> that's right. Um, in 1999, Baton Rouge had only, um, I think it was 600,000 people classified as part of the metropolitan area. Um, today we're at 870,000 people that are classified as part of the metropolitan area. So we're a bigger place and a lower unemployment rate, which is fascinating. Um, and that it, yeah. it, it, it explains a lot. If, if you're in business and you have struggled to recruit talent or to recruit workers at all scales, or you find that salaries are rising, it's all, at the heart of the question of the, the conundrum that is kind of the American labor market right now. But that is just fascinating to know if you think about where you are in business and we were talking about this a second ago that a lot of businesses are both growing and struggling to grow uh, because of the labor market challenges that, that we're facing. That's what we're, we're, we're experiencing in that unemployment rate. We actually benchmarked our unemployment compared to peer-sized cities like Mobile or... Um, uh, richmond virginia or little rock or oklahoma city and when you average all of their unemployment rates 2.6 percent is still lower than their average unemployment rates but all of us are under three percent It's just this really fascinating moment in kind of the american economy right now for mid-sized cities
0: that sounds a lot different than what we're hearing everywhere else you know everybody else is talking you know you're hearing people, you know, recession and, you know, people are going to start laying people off and all this stuff. And so that just, I haven't found that, you know, here, I feel like, you know, Baton Rouge has always been to me lagging, you know, behind on some of this stuff, but I really, I don't know if it's, you know, everybody that I seem to have talked to this last week, you know, we're date ourselves, we're the 19th of January. So we're really kind of like that second week of the year. Yeah. It's, it's a hundred miles an hour. Like, I don't think I have, you know, I know last week I had no available time this week on the calendar next week, yeah. you know, it's the same, it's turning, turning the same way. Like everybody's moving and turning and running, doing some business. And I think it's amazing. The, and then you hear the, people are getting worried.
1: I don't get it. So we, we surveyed as part of that economic outlook and, uh, over half of businesses responded. They expect their revenues to grow this year. We took that survey in November. So it's really tw- toward the end of the year, inflation, you know, is was already kind of showing it's it's what we hope is a peak in turn um, or a sl- slight decline of so slowdown of that that rate of increase um, 40 a little over 40 percent expect to add employees this year so the 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 outlook within business and that's for increases just to stay the same as they were in 2022 is like 80 plus percent expect to either be the same or to grow and so it's just it's a picture of at least stability if not if not growth that we kind of see coming in the the course of this year, just just in that outlook. And then to what you were saying in terms of the, the, the pace seems to be fever pitched, Baton Rouge has had $25 billion since 2020 that's been announced in feasibility studies or in actual commitments of capital toward just the space that we could call renewables or net zero commitments toward carbon reductions by our industrial companies. Either new players who are moving in or existing players who are making commitments to new uh, new investments to make themselves uh, on track toward carbon neutrality. And that is a fascinating trend change in the last two and a half years. But most of that work is back-end engineering that's been happening this last year. And we expect this year to see a lot of those projects move from engineering and design to construction. And if you look back to what happened the last time we experienced that a little, a little, uh, close to a decade ago, in 2013, we had this huge surge of industrial activity and it played out till about 2017. And we feel like we're kind of at the beginning of that same curve uh, over the last two years that you're gonna start to see the design and the commitment to projects turn into construction this year. And I think we're gonna see a rise in just that, that construction employment is gonna buoys everything else um, but we've seen healthcare. Mm-hmm. Healthcare was the fastest growing sector last year in Baton Rouge. Uh, it grew seven percent in jobs in this last uh, in the in twelve month period ending in November. Uh, healthcare grew seven percent, and it's one of our biggest sectors. And it's, it's not it's like it's a sluggish giant. This is a a fast growing giant. It's fascinating.
0: Right. That's amazing. You know, and I think you know, I think the expression you know, rising tides raise all ships. You know, like you said, that. When there's, you know, in healthcare, when industrial, all this stuff starts moving, everybody gets affected by it. And so right. is that kind of some stuff, you know, I know last year you guys unveiled this five-year plan. It was the, you know, kind of the strategic, you know, we're kind of in year two. Is this pacing to what you guys were thinking? You know, is this kind of, Look, like you said. I, I, I feel like in our organization,
1: last year was probably the most comprehensively successful year that I've ever seen um meaning we laid out a game plan we thought it was incredibly ambitious we had a lot of stuff that we thought boy it'd be fun if we could do that but we're not exactly sure how we're going to do that or how we're going to find the money to do that um and our our efforts to go and both brainstorm those ideas come into reality were successful um and then we launched just a bunch of new stuff that we you know we weren't sure we were going to figure it out just as an example so Uh, A year ago yesterday is the one year anniversary that we launched the region's first ever uh, dedicated jobs portal where we pay a third party uh, to go and scrape HR resources and post all those available jobs in Baton Rouge in one place. And we gave it an easy, simple interface for a job seeker. And it's free, by the way, no ads on it or anything. Uh, You can go and upload your resume and it'll filter jobs based on the skills, based on the keywords on your resume. So we went and built this, which is essentially a a product, launched it a year ago today, and we've had uh, just shy of about 100,000 visitors to the site. We've had uh, about 10,000 folks go through kind of the job search process. Um, And our goal is to keep growing that. But like that was the first thing of what was in January of 22, that was a year of executing on that five-year plan that we laid out. Um, This year, my expectation is, we will finish the launch of everything that we said we, we dreamed of uh, in 2021 for this five-year plan. Um, and that will give us the remaining three years of the five-year plan just to kick ass and take names, making those things become a reality. But we, if you go to our website at brack.org, you'll see uh, this, this section of it called Bring It. brack.org backslash Bring It is the, the five-year plan uh, analysis of everything we said we're going to do. Um, and we'll be kind of putting updates along the way of where we are, are on execution. But um, just, just it, was, it was a fun year to be able to do that. Not only did our business development efforts that I talked about a second ago uh, have another great year uh, of activity um, and, and efforts to try to diversify the economy into places like healthcare and life sciences, software and technology continue to be uh, a strong suit for us. Uh, but these new things that we're trying out, uh, more of a focus on economic inclusion and how do you grow minority businesses. Uh, how do you actually retain and attract talent to Baton Rouge uh, and build a, a stronger talent pipeline that matches up to the needs of the economy? Uh, that coupled with some massive initiatives around the core challenges or needs of livability in Baton Rouge. So last year was probably the best year Baton Rouge has ever had in building funding sources for our infrastructure needs. So our second best year was probably in twenty. 17 When the dollars were committed to the I 10 widening that's going to happen next year, that took this long to go from funding to construction. Um, Last year, we got 300 million for a new bridge out of the legislature, coupled with a dedication of 55 million dollars a year toward that same bridge. Which, if bonded out, we think will generate somewhere between 800 million and a billion dollars when you add together all those sources with the 300 million. We're on our track toward the, what we think is probably a $3 billion, $2.5 billion cost for that bridge and its connectors to I-10. And so, like, if, if we concern about traffic, two of the most important pieces of that puzzle, the I-10 widening, um, which is, you know, the, you know, we all know about the the one lane on I-10 problem, but this is the the, the bigger part of that solution that has to happen to get that fixed. And then this new South Bridge and, and, and connectors project uh, is is well on its way after last year's work. So it's just fascinating to see how in livability there's there's some big rocks being moved to try to get Bat- baton rouge on the right track
0: well that's awesome it feels like people need to kind of read through that and read through the plan but get involved that's the big thing i think a lot of people, you know you and i talked about it before you know the different levels of where you can get involved at, but trying to do things in a vacuum is you know i find myself guilty of it a lot of times and so you guys have the answers you've got this you know plan you've got some of the Not the crystal ball, but you've done the work to get as close to it as you can. You know that uh, you know, looking forward, doing the research. You know, it's not just you're not just thinking on these things. I guess on your own, there's a team there, and this is a a resource for people. You know, and business owners in the community, they need to get involved with the chamber, and it's more than just. You know, I think some people. Might think you know on the chamber side of things like oh it's a uh, leads for lunch and I'm sending my salespeople and they're going to go do that. It's like no, this is strategic business. This is you know lots of research, a lot of money poured into it. You know, exactly. data that you get access to with the chamber, and then to get in there and to be part of the part of the movement. Right. What,
1: just- one of the things. So you know we go on something we call the canvas trip every few years uh, to a different city. We try to bring groups of executives to those cities to, to help us learn from what they're doing. But it's as much as anything that we all are out on a big, not a corporate retreat, community retreat. Where, where are we going and, and what do we need to do differently? We went to Greenville last November uh, in South Carolina. And I would say it's true of Greenville and it's true of every other place is the sort of building the future of a community is not one organization's task. It's not one elected official's task. It's going to be, like you said, Everybody finds sort of the, the win-win of their participation in that future, uh, not only for seeing their place become better and that they have sort of their own stake and then their investment in that future, but they also themselves can benefit if it's a business. that say The more that they know, the more they're known as part of that work, that they can then build their own brand within that, that effort to become a stronger place. Um, and so it's sort of that's what we, we've seen in almost every trip. And it was definitely true in Greenville is that the community for a very long time um, didn't know how to find its own future. Uh, and then, you know, by hook or by crook, they figured out a couple of things. And then those things built upon those things. And then you go there today. Uh, and this was this was one of the cool hallmarks for me of the trip. We went out to the BMW plant where they build all the North American BMWs in Spartanburg. Um, at the plant, one of the guys who was, uh, we got to drive on the test track, which was really cool. Um, oh, okay. but while we were there, one of the guys who was the tech track test track drivers we were like, well, where do you live? What's your experience? What do you think of Greenville? You know, we, and we weren't necessarily technically in Greenville proper. It's like being in Ascension and asking about Baton Rouge. And, um, and the guy said, you know, I love, I moved to this region because of the story that I heard about how cool Greenville's downtown was. And how walkable and livable and how much like outdoor shopping and like all the different, you know, farmers markets. Yeah. Things. Like, even, even though I don't live in Greenville, part of the reason I'm here is the quality of life that's offered by the entire product, including downtown Greenville. I mean, imagine somebody in Gonzales uh, talking right. about hey, the, the value of downtown to living in the metro region is, is something that they think is a hallmark for why to be here. That to me was a signal that they had. A lot of folks kind of pull in the same direction uh, for everybody's community. So it was just really cool to kind of hear that
0: example. Well, and I think, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I've been to, you know, a couple of the meetings with you guys. And I think, you know, what I don't think people maybe that are not involved with, you know, BRAC, what they don't realize is even business owners in the community and stuff, the community doesn't just build itself. It's not just so happens that a guy buys a track of land, you know, and he puts a building there. or We've got green space over here. We, it literally takes business owners and people that care about the community coming and sitting together and saying, OK, what are we going to do with this place?
1: Yeah. Like, what right. do we need?
0: What are we missing? You know, we need more green space. You know, we need more entertainment. We need more, you know, walkable you know, space. Yeah. That's it has to happen. You know, somebody oh, yeah. has to, you know, come up with those things. You've got, you know, the initiatives that you guys are working on, you know, the DDD downtown, you know, all this stuff it's work that I think people don't realize that has to be done. You know, if you right. went, you know, 10 years ago, you could go back and it was almost like this kind of mindset of like, I don't want to go downtown unless I work downtown or I've got a reason, but like maybe it's maybe us it 15, but like, it's completely different now. Like there's a reason to go, you know, downtown and do things. There's a reason where you can go on a Saturday, yeah. you know, and walk around and then, but it takes business owners and it takes investment in the community. To make all this
1: well, happen. And I would say that same is true uh, if you think about uh, downtown Denham Springs uh, as it's mm-hmm. recovered from the floods. If you think about downtown St. Francisville, like the experience to the community to have that asset, even if you live kind of on the outskirts of St. Francisville, you love that the inner core of St. Francisville is becoming more vibrant and it actually mm-hmm. becomes kind of a calling card that the region has access to go on, you know, day trips on a Saturday to go explore this near neighboring little town. It's kind of fun to go and do. Uh, but the variety of choices, uh, you know, I've been fascinated about just asking folks as I, as I bump into them, Hey, did, w- where are you exploring right now? Like where are you having fun when you're out and about in the metro area? And everybody's got little different things that they, there are their favorites that are, you know, if we all knew everybody else's favorites, you know, you get this right. picture of it's a much broader quality that life than, than people give us credit for or we give ourselves credit for. Um, But i tell you why it matters. People choose to be in a place because of that. They choose to leave a place because it lacks it. Um, And so the ability to know those things and help share those stories about what we enjoy the most about while we're here now, I'll use the example of like the stream of brewing. Like I hadn't gone out there until late last year. And I was like, I'm an idiot. Why have I been not going out here? This is was amazing- literally
0: just thinking about that while we were talking. I was like, that's a, you know, that's one of the, we've been there like twice in the last two weeks. It's like, yeah. it's those little nuggets, you know, that yeah. people need, but it goes back to, you know, that's a business, you know, and it needs to be involved with other businesses. And that's where yeah, the research you guys have done, you know, the, five-year plan you know I think we ought to come back and maybe one day you know dive into you know segments and pieces of that because I guess where I'm going with it is in business you never know what's happening tomorrow but nothing that's happening tomorrow just happened tomorrow if if that makes sense like you've got a five-year plan that if you're in business you probably in this community you probably should go take some time read through it and so some of these things won't be a surprise. Like I remember talking to somebody about the widening, and you know, they're saying, they're like, are they really doing that? When did they decide to do that? And it's like years ago, you know yeah, But right. like that it wasn't. they just picked up last week, and some people did. Yeah. there's a lot of these things that you guys have in the plan and how the city can grow, and where people, if you read that and see, oh, I could help here, that's where you jump in. That's where you become a member, you an investor, you know, as you call it, you know. In yep. the chamber, and then you're able to even go further, deeper down the rabbit hole. I think yep. and that's what people need to know. You know, in businesses, you're not in this alone. It might seem like it, but you've right. got other people there that can help. Well, you know, we, as a simple way
1: to explain kind of what you're talking about, every year when we do a survey, we um, not only do we ask about your business forecast for next year, we will, which helps us tell the rest of the businesses what everybody else is expecting, by the way, which is going to be useful. of reflection it's a way to hold up a mirror we also then ask what are your top challenges this year in in being in business in baton rouge and we get kind of a ranking of that data every year we've been doing that well over a decade now and so we can go back for 10 or 15 years and see how people's challenges have changed what they rank as challenges uh, to doing business in baton rouge which then informs us as an organization about how we should organize ourselves toward attacking those challenges with the idea that, hey, look, we have a primary interest in, you know, being the economic development organization that helps the region grow. We also have to be mindful of those things that are going to make us more competitive, just like you do in Mm -hmm. in your own business. When you talk about traffic, you know, there was a eight year or seven year stretch where traffic was the number one concern of businesses. You know, leading up to the pandemic uh, for kind of a seven or eight year solid run. And so every year we had a transportation component of our strategy every year. Hey, this is what we're going to do to move the needle. The first was let's get a data set about what solves traffic congestion. Let's go hire some engineering firms, uh, model out projects, look at the cost benefit of those projects, and that will form up our game plan for what we're going to try to go get funding for. You're not going to do that in one year. You're going to do it over five, 10, seven years, right? You got to keep asking and, mm-hmm. and posturing and getting pieces of it in design and funding, you know, move forward. And that's how that I-10 widening has happened. It's a great kind of case study in this is it started with a research project and it's ending at, you know, the start of construction next year. So, a and it's in our five-year plan, in our annual plan this year, by the way, a lot of business owners are afraid of what it's going to do to their ability to their people to get to work when it starts. Well, one of the things we're going to do this year is to build an information resource, a tool that will help hopefully businesses ask questions. Hey, how's this gonna affect my employees? They're commuting from here to here. Um, Map me out the best route for those folks to get to work around the problem, not through the problem. So we're gonna try to do some things like that to make it smart and intelligent for folks to to understand it, not to to fear it and just hate it, but to say, hey, progress is gonna require us to get this done. Let's try to all work together to find the best ways around this problem and so we can get it done.
0: Yeah. Well, let's do that. I appreciate you spending some time. You know, let's see what we can do to you know dig into it a little bit more and get some people you know thinking on how they can get involved. So, I appreciate you spending some time. I'll, if you'd like, I jump back in and we can kind of segment this you know kind let's of piece it. out so people can get an idea. Sometimes it's easier to listen to it while you're on a treadmill, maybe than you know sitting there reading it on the computer. I
1: would much so. rather
0: it that way. I, I'm an audiobook guy, not a book you know
1: page turner. So.
0: That's, um, I had a, I got a book that was given to me for Christmas. I came into my office. I found it on my desk by, um, from a mutual friend of ours, actually Stuart. Uh, Jillian yeah. sent it over to me and I'm um, like, this is great. It's going to go on the bookshelf, but I downloaded it from Audible. so <laughs> That's the way to do it. So, well, Adam, I appreciate you spending some time with us today. I'll uh, get us booked back up and we'll step through this one, man. I appreciate it. That's great. Thanks, Brandon. Um, thank you. Have a good one.